0: PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well, hey, would you look at that with no reports, rumors, or leaks until I tweeted, you know, a second ago in times of recording. But, you know, an hour ago, a couple hours ago, whenever you're listening to it, look at that. The Managing Expectations podcast has made a surprise return. And if you've noticed, hopefully over the first 15 seconds, the audio actually sounds good. Uh, but the drawback here is no co-host. <clears throat> I'm driving solo as a test run-ish to maybe see how often I can do this again. Be careful as I don't run us into the rails. And anyway, quick explanation as why there's been a little bit of a hiatus. Um, I grow frustrated quickly, particularly with technology. Um, there were a lot of minor hurdles and it made me just, I don't know, drop, kick the fence, walk away, put, put down the mic, not think about it too much. Um, my original idea for this was to do it as a Twitter space and just do that weekly. Um, and then you know, a, n- a number of people reached out and said that they might want it as a podcast too because it's easier for them to listen and, and everything. And, and I thought that'd be a good idea. I figured it'd just be easy with the technological advancements in the year of 2022 to simultaneously do a Twitter spaces and record the audio. I can tell you it is not. <laughs> Despite the fact that you can record on Twitter, you cannot export that audio, even though again, you can save it and listen to it on Twitter. Are you confused? I am too. And again, very frustrated because I get fr- quickly frustrated with these things. There were some backdoor ways I figured out how to re- kind of record it. Fe- it felt silly. It felt like there must be a better way and I must be an idiot. But whatever, I figured it out. It went on for a few episodes. But you can't do a Twitter Spaces on your computer, which means I can't use my real microphone. And apparently my AirPods are the worst AirPods in the world or my little phone couldn't handle the the pressure of running a Spaces and using audio. So the, the quality uh, suffered. Uh, I-, I would listen back to it and I got really frustrated that, that it was so bad, particularly given that I, I have a real mic here. Um, and I don't know, I, I just thought that it sounded like I was talking on the phone to you guys. And I don't know, that seemed stupid and weird. Even a number of friends in, in Honest Moments reached out and was like, hey, man, you got to do something about the audio. And look, if it's my friends saying that and, and they're like, you "No, know, it was great. It was great. But, you know, you, you, you might need to fix the audio. I thought that was enough for me to uh, say, you know, I, I need to take a step back and figure this out when I can use my mic. Uh, so right now, Twitter spaces are going to suffer, which I don't love because I wanted to do it like that. I like the interactive idea of that. I like the idea of people being able to jump in, you know, DM me, do whatever. But you know, hey, podcast is back <laughs> today. Um, and, and I still generally don't want to do a podcast alone. I don't love the sound of my own voice all the time. I, it feels a little vain to be sitting here by myself and just talking for however long this goes. Um, but I also didn't want to reach out to anybody and you know, one, ask them for the free time while I'm still trying to figure this out. And two, you know, f- things that, that should be simple and are simple to other people are sometimes not to me in trying to figure out the right way to record a podcast with, with other people and do it without a time limit and a time frame. So I figured if anybody's going to get frustrated, it'll be me. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of do the the guinea pig, the test run here, and then, you know, we'll see. But but hey, look, we got we got... We got a podcast in order. Last thing, I've been listening to the Ryan Russillo podcast more lately, um, and he kills it when he goes solo, which is something I didn't think I'd even enjoy listening to, but he made it work. And look, if one of the very best podcast hosts in the world who's been doing podcast and radio for 30 years can do it, why can't I? You know, that would be a delusional thought, but, you know, we're going to roll anyway. We'll see how long this goes. Um, and as I've kind of teased, and as you'll see in the title, we're going to make it a little transfer window primer. The MLS news this week has been pretty insane. Last week, gearing up to the window, there's a lot to go through. I think that there's going to be a lot to talk about. We're going to hit some of the big deals, the big news that, that's kind of happening right now. Um, and then I'm going to take quick hits on you know whatever I can, and and we'll see... We'll see how long the energy lasts. We'll see how long until either I get a phone call or something else pulling me in a different direction. But hey, man, no uh, no plan, just vibes, right? That, that, that's the best. It, it's it's more fun. It's more relatable when it, it sounds like you could also be doing this too rather than something super professional. So I, I think that that's fun. All let right, right, let's, let's talk with the big news of the week. Toronto FC and Inter Miami, um, they're making a trade. Alejandro Pozuelo, the 2020 MLS MVP, is heading to Inter Miami for all of 150000 in allocation money, which sounds really small for a former MVP, but just given the idea of availability, the idea of Toronto's plans and, and negotiating, I think it makes sense. Look, Alejandro Pozuelo is... In the final year of his contract, so you're not gonna get a big price from Toronto. Have been so painfully non-committal for his future in, in public. While Alejandro Pozuelo has been saying since November, I want to stay here, I want to stay here, I want to stay here. And Bob Bradley has gotten to the point where when he's asked about it, because it's a fair storyline, it's a fair question to be asked, particularly after games that Pozuelo played well, he would cut off like Michael Singh asked the question, and he kinda cut him off halfway through. He's like, Look, I'm, I'm I know what you're asking. I'm not talking about his contract, I'm not talking about his future. That doesn't help in negotiations. Um I'm sure enough people inside MLS understood that Toronto were pretty desperately trying to open a DP spot, and that's the other side of this that that we'll think about. So all in all, I, I know that 150000 seems light. It is light, but it, it is reasonable in terms of it makes sense who else was kind of Miami bidding against too. I'm, I'm not sure how many teams have an open DP spot, how many teams have a system that can accommodate them and the needs. I think that this was a perfect fit. I think that Miami were smart to kind of say, look, there's six months left in this contract. We could wait wait you out, sign him as a free agent next year. Next year, I'm sorry, in the winter. Um, but, I, you know, 150000 just to get it done now. It, it, it helps Toronto a lot with opening the DP spot. Um, and Miami get a player on a discount. I don't know if this deal comes with any assurances or any discussions about a new contract, but they get a player for cheap, no kind of future guarantees, see how it works out, and then move forward from there. But let's start about this deal again fr- from the Toronto side. It's not... The way that you spin this, if you, if you're a Toronto fan, or and again, this is realistic. It's not spin. Um, it's not just 150,000 game. The, the value here is opening a DP spot because they're going to sign Fernando Bernadesi, and 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 we'll start with again just Patoisuelo leaving. It makes a lot of sense. He didn't fit in, in, Bob, in Bob Bradley's system. Bradley had had a quote, um, I believe it was this weekend or sometime recently, and he, he he's. Didn't it was thinly veiled? He, was, he pretty much said, you know, we, we try to give Pozuelo, one person a lot of freedom. We we try to bend the tactics to fit him, and it it, it was, you know, yeah. So of course he's going to create chances. It seemed he didn't seem very happy with with the way he fit and what he would do, kind of defensively or lack thereof. Because again, he's he's a number ten. He's somebody that you can put him on the wing, but doesn't make a lot of sense. You're not going to get the same structure, and you're not going to get the same output from him. And Bob Bradley wants to play four through three. When Lorenzo and Senior arrives, this team is. Well set for a 4-3-3. And a midfield trio of Bradley, Osorio, and Alejandro Bazuelo does not make a lot of sense. It it does not do much of anything defensively for me. So again, this, it, it it wasn't a great fit under a new under new management, under a new system. Um now it, they are perfect for a 4-3-3. Ralph Preso can just step in, or you know, there there's been reports about Mark Anthony K. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. That gives defensive solidity. That is so, so much better balance, so much better ground coverage and just a different dynamic than trying to force two attack-minded midfielders plus, you know, a, a late 30s Michael Bradley. You need to have more legs around those guys. You need to have more structure. And again, it's, it's, it's a natural, more of a box-to-box central midfielder and that fits really well. And again, I keep burying the lead. This was to open a DB spot to sign another Italian international, Fernando Bernardeschi And look, he's 28 years old. He's got about 40 caps with italy he appeared in the in the european championship final now a couple players are in mls including giorgio chiellini including um lorenzo and his new teammate lorenzo and senior soon to be new teammate lorenzo Insigne. and senior you know, and i'll point out that michael singh of the, of the parlay re- reports that this deal is done for bernardeschi there's no reason to doubt him he's been right on all of this um Riccio romano has pointed out that things are close but he hasn't called it done whatever it is it sounds like bernardeschi's coming um I've seen some questions that people are asking if he's worth a DP spot, which is pretty nuts to me. And because they're like, well, he's a free agent. Like, look, just because LFC signing Giorgio Chiellini and Gareth Bale to TAM deals is the exception, not the rule. Fernando Bernadette, at 28 years old, somebody who had been with Juventus, um, it didn't work out perfectly for him at Juventus, but he's not the first player and won't be the last. Again, he's he's in his prime. He's a, he's a full Italian international with, with about 40 caps. You don't get there accidentally. Um, he never got consistent playing time with Juventus, never earned consistent playing time. I, I should, I should point it out as well. Um, you know who else didn't get hundred percent and playing time and work out hundred percent Juventus before coming to MLS? Sebastian Giovinco. And it worked out fine for him. So yeah, th- this is a worthwhile game on a DP spot. I think teams have learned Toronto, uh, <laughs> Toronto and Miami being the best examples of two teams involved in this trade. You can get out of deals as long as ownership is okay with taking a loss sometimes. Look at all of the bad deals that came from Toronto recently. They got out of Jefferson Soteldo. They turned into Sebastian uh, to, to Salcedo, who's also looking like a bad deal, and they're probably going to uh, uh, get hit, rid of him at a loss. Um, and that's okay if, if you can stomach those losses. Then if if Bernadeschi turns out to not be great, that's okay. They can move on from him. Look at kind of with the LA Galaxy bought out Gio DeSantis. They've, they've moved, they moved – they let um, – <laughs> uh, So I'm struggling here. Uh, The other Dos Santos leave on, you know, a free transfer after his contract expired so they could open another DP spot. Uh, Inter Miami got rid of like 22 players this offseason or whatever it was. Like, you can get out of bad deals. Like in Toronto, they 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 traded away Kamar Lawrence. They're still paying most of his budget hit. You can get out of bad deals if you need to. So that's the thing. I I don't think that this is for a team like Toronto. This isn't even if he doesn't work out. This isn't going to be something that hampers the club and hampers the decision makers, hampers your future for years to come. Because I think that there are ways to get out of this, like there maybe haven't been before in in this league. And and I think that's another interesting talking point in and of itself but we'll, we'll stay with the task at hand continuing with toronto this isn't it they're bracing for you know another long summer another big summer they're interested in junior Hoylet. he just re-signed with reading to stay in the england championship but again they're they're looking at at potential targets they're trying to make moves against Salcedo is probably going to leave as well he you know it's being framed you know he's a family thing in Mexico and I hope everything's all right with that and it makes sense for him to go back to Mexico it also makes sense for him to go back to Mexico because he hasn't been good he's just like he, Joe Lowry kind of point out my good friend and, and he's a, a very good in terms of breaking things down and he's usually very nuanced and he's great and Joe pretty much blanket with a blanket statement said he's been a net negative this entire time if Joe Lowry isn't offering a ton of nuance and a ton of little things, then like you know that that that's a strong feeling and that's a strong take, and he's almost always right on his analysis. So again, even if if you haven't watched a lot of Toronto, if your eye test tells you differently, if if you just look at the goals conceded and all that stuff and just individual plays with Salcedo, it hasn't worked out. It was a signing that you know I thought it made sense. He was I was hopeful that that was somebody that could be bought down with the, with uh, his contract hit from a DP spot. I liked it better when I thought that was the case. That was not the case. So they need to get rid of him if they want to open up another DP spot, which is something this this front office, this ownership group, has always been ambitious to do. And again, we'll see what if they're able to do that if they take another big swing there this summer, which, you know, if they get him out this summer, they're doing a lot of things here with urgency. You have Lorenzo and Senior coming in. He's still in his prime, but look, you don't want to lose. Any years with Lorenzo senior and how many teams in this league? Seattle Sounders being, Seattle Sounders, and Portland Timbers doing this often, where they start slow and then come on late. Toronto haven't been great to start the season. They're in the middle of a transition. senior comes in, Bernadeschi comes in. Some uh, you start picking up points, just getting the playoffs. So I don't think that they would go out of the way to be waiting for a DP spot to be used. I don't think if they get rid of Salcedo that they wouldn't immediately be trying to bring somebody in. And I'm sure they have a million targets. Maybe Bill Manning is looking at a uh, transfer market for the Italian internationals who are out of contract. Andrea Belotti is somebody who's out of contract. Um, I make that joke just because Bill Manning made uh, joked about himself that he looked and was like, oh my gosh, like look at all these players who are out of contract this summer. Maybe we can sign some of them. And so that's how Lorenzo Insigne got here. I'm sure that's how that's part of how uh, Crescito got here. Um, they've been linked with Mark Anthony Kaye. There was a report that they were, you know, far along in trade talks with Colorado Rapids. Um, I, I reported kind of quickly after and, and and haven't heard anything to change my mind in, you know, overnight since. There's nothing imminent or advanced in talks between the Colorado Rapids and Toronto Sea for Mark Anthony K. He's under contract through 2025 with a club option for 2026. He was acquired last summer for a million in GAM plus an international slot. Those values since that trade have continued to gone, go up with Paul Ariola going for 2 million with... Um, Cal Acosta going for up to 1.6 million. Like these deals are not going to be cheap. Like, and Colorado has no reason to move an in prime Canadian international. Somebody who I think is a centerpiece for most teams. And and if you're getting them, you're probably getting them not on a DP deal. Like this contract doesn't make him a DP. Like that's a really valuable player, regardless of how things are going in Colorado. So, um, look, everybody has a price the Colorado Rapids have kind of proved that in, in recent times, recent years, like they, they will make a move if, if the value is right. So I'm not ruling anything out for Mark Anthony K either to Toronto or anywhere else, but Colorado are getting calls for players, all players, not just K, you know, and, and again, this isn't something that's abnormal. I'm not going to be like reporting the names because I don't want it to sound like they're an active trade talks for some of their other starters, but like, these things happen all the time like <laughs> I was I was laughing with, with somebody like their a star center mid at, at a club who you, you wouldn't think is available in a trade a couple teams you, you call and ask hey how much would it cost to to take player x from you oh all right well you, you we do have a price well actually our price is your two dps and you have to pay half their salary and then then we'll, we'll trade you know our best player so these are things these are conversations that happen and I don't want to overblow and, I, and again I don't want to undersell like There is smoke to the Mark anthony K interest and like talks. These things happen and Toronto, he would be, he'd be a great fit. We're talking about the four three three. 3 Imagine him, Jonathan Osorio and uh, Michael Bradley in the midfield. And then Ralph Preso who can come in for any one of those three. Like that's a really strong group. And then this team starts to look more and more like a potential playoff team. They still need more defensive help. They could use an upgrade in goal. They, you know, they're playing young players at at right back and left back. And now I know Crescito's coming. We'll, We'll see if he's a left back or, you know, a center back at this stage of his career. But look, they're, that would be a really strong team. And I understand the interest in K. And if they're able to kind of pull it off, it would be a really good move. Um Now, to the to the team acquiring Alejandro Pazuel into Miami. This is pretty simple for them. They get an elite chance creator and a former MVP for very low risk and, and borderline no price. This is They have an open DP spot because of buying out Blaise Matuidi in the offseason. Gonzalo Higuain is occupies another one and Rodolfo Pizarro, even though he's not at the club, just because of arcane rules that there wasn't enough salary coverage or loan fee, whatever it is. He still counts as a DP this year for into Miami, even though he's playing for Monterey, whatever. They still have an open DP spot to get, um, Alejandro was in. win. And look at this roster, this roster that they, they knew that they wanted a number 10. They knew they wanted a chance creator. They've already signed a forward earlier this, this, uh, well, earlier this window earlier this summer that that'll go, uh, you know, officially registered to the team tomorrow. um, Tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, when it's out on July seventh, Thursday is when the window officially opens and players can start to debut and and are are, are eligible to play. Alejandro Bazuelo fits in this team perfectly. They, you know, kind of toggle between three at the back or a four three three or or now now this becomes a four two three one when you have your best eleven out there. It's Gregory and and John Mata holding behind Alejandro Bazuelo. He gets that freedom of being a ten and his best years with Toronto again MVP and a year where he had you know like. 23 or 25 goal involvements in his debut season. That was when he was a number 10 in a 4-2-3-1 for the most part under Greg Vanny. Like that's that's his best spot. He's somebody who Look, he's he's more of a throwback kind of traditional number 10 chance creator who's not gonna do a ton of work all the time defensively, or he's gonna float around because that's where he's at his best, because he's a creative player. That works in this structure. And then you need to have the width of Ariel Lasseter and and just Taylor um, Indiana Vasilev, all these players with Leo Campagna playing again, as as, like a natural center forward, as he has been, that makes a ton of sense. And, And that's a team that's, that's no joke. They've done, they've picked up a lot more points than I think we all expected them to by this point of the season. They're legitimately in the playoff race, which again, in the off season, most of us would have laughed at that possibility just because this rebuild was really just starting. Like the fact that Chris Henderson in the front office were able to offload so many contracts and, and bad decisions of, of previous years it was really impressive that was a win in and of itself just to kind of set the timeline forward the fact that they're already so competitive dealing with these sanctions dealing with you're getting almost nothing out of one at uh, getting 100 percent nothing out of one dp spot you're getting almost nothing in the other one with Gonzalo Higuain, and they hadn't filled the third yet like that's that's a masterclass. Like, like, how many teams in the league could be without three DPs? Like, Sporting Kansas City, rightfully so, are, are getting a bit of a pass because they're without Alan Polito and Gotti Kinda. They won't play a minute this year. And and they're at the bottom of the West. Like, it's not easy to be without your DPs. And, and again, Inter-Miami are doing this, essentially, without any DPs. Um, and Alejandro Bresuelo would be the one that they, I guess, count on. You know, I never say never. I guess you can't rule out Gonzalo Higuain rediscovering something. But, you know, I, I don't think... That you can play (laughs) him and Pozuelo together or or, you know, you've already they already proved they can play him and Campania together, whatever it is. This makes a lot of sense. And it's no long term commitment again, unless that there's been something agreed to in terms of a future contract or or an idea framework that, that hasn't been reported yet. I'm not saying that it is, I'm not saying it isn't. As all we know right now is that there's no long term commitment. This is such a low risk move. What like What's the worst that happens? If he sucks, he sucks, and then he leaves. Like if 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 he's not re-energized, if if the fit isn't as good as we think it is, he just leaves, and that's okay. And Miami, like um Phil Neville, deserves a lot of credit for for having the guts to bench Egwene to, to bench Karen Gibbs. Like those decisions aren't easy. If Pazzuello sucks, he'll bench him too. Like that's how it is. Like Bryce Duke, I think has been really good. I think it's super unfortunate that he's going to lose out on minutes. But look, like if you're in the decision making position, you do this deal ten times out of ten. Like I, I guess the opportunity cost of using this DP spot, because, you know, unless that they're able to turn Rodolfo Pizarro's loan into a permanent move this summer, I, I don't know why uh, Monterey would be incentivized to do that. Um, they won't be able to sign another DP this summer. And again, I, for me, I think Pozzuolo is, is a really good and a really, really good decision and, and a fair roll of the dice. But I understand, you know, they were they had some talks from Mario Goza. Like, I understand that the opportunity cost of the whole point of Toronto getting rid of Pozzuolo was to sign what they hope to be a better fit and a better DP. So if if you're bringing in Pezuel and you can't do that for the summer, I think by him you're going to be fine. I think that this is the right fit, the right DP. But again, I think that that counter argument is something to be, you know, listened to. My last point on this, I just talked about Pizarro, who's on loan. I can't imagine that they would go into season two of doing that again, where he occupies a DP spot. So either he's, I'd assume that he's going to be gone on a permit basis this winter. Again, for significantly less than, Uh, the, the 12 or 13 million that they paid to get him originally, you know, it was really didn't work out, but so assume he's gone. Gonzalo Higuain, there's been talks about him maybe retiring. Um, if he like not going to make the the low hanging fruit joke here of as if he hasn't retired already, I'll leave that to somebody else on Twitter. Um, but he's got a club option for next season. Why in the world would they pick it up if he's a backup? Like there's the right there. They're going to have two DP spots open in the winter. Depends on what happens with Puzzuelo. Maybe they can, you know, have contract talks with, with him and, and see how it goes. But again, worst case scenario, they have two DP spots open. If things don't work out with Pauzuelo, they have three. And this is a team that, again, has been functioning effectively without a DP for this entire season. And they're kind of around the playoff bubble. Like, I, I can't say enough positive things about where they are. Like, this is my my big thing for them has been that they acquired a collection of talent in the past. And it didn't really make sense now they're acquiring talent that fits together cohesively. And that is such an important and it should be basic idea of roster building that they just hadn't had for the last few years. Like this team makes a lot of sense. DeAndre Yedlin as, as overlapping attacking right back when you have kind of two holding midfielders or gives you the, the, the potential to play with kind of a three, five, two or whatever the formation is. He's going to be going up the right flank all the time with, um, Pozzuolo kind of dictating the show in the middle. Like, Having pace on the wings with Lassiter and, and, and Vasilev, that makes a lot of sense now that you have a true chance creator. Like Campania as a traditional kind of point man, you know, target forward. I, I don't want to be too, I guess, stereotypical or, or too generalistic, but like he's more of a traditional center forward. And that makes sense with a chance creator behind you. That makes sense with pace on the wings. That It just all works out really well. And and this this is a cohesive plan. This is really good news for Miami. This is really positive, and again, there's going to be the the Leo Messi to Inter Miami rumors that are going to keep going. Like, I've I've heard I've heard all of it myself. Like people are saying it's a foregone conclusion he'll he'll be here probably next summer, and they're going to have two DP spots open. Now we can talk about whether Pazuello and, and and Leo Messi makes sense, but let's save that for next summer. Let's let's save that for for the future. For right now, I think that this is. A really smart play by by Inter Miami. And, you know, I'm I'm really encouraged to see what this team looks like. The other big story to kind of come out at the beginning of this week, um, ESPN reported that Jesse Lingard is taking, is in the United States right now, taking a few meetings with MLS clubs. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to sign that, that, that this could be a negotiating ploy. You know, he's got offers from West Ham. He's got offers from Everton. Um, he was very good at West Ham on loan. From Manchester United they've been trying to sign him since that loan ended he was at Manchester United last year didn't play much now he leaves he's a free agent look this would be so much fun I think Jesse Lingard easy to 28 or 29 in his prime this would be an incredible player this would be an incredible signing for any MLS team um I kind of earlier in the offseason you know, when when people are looking at the free agent list and some some talking to people around MLS, be like, yeah, that'd be that'd be a great signing. And I just kind of shrug my shoulders, like, yeah, he would, but you know, he's almost definitely going to sign with West Ham or Everton, right? Like that'd be another Premier League team. You know, I, I would be surprised if he came here, but you know, I'm surprised that Lorenzo and Senior came here. It was, you know, times are changing, and and this is this is cool that he's genuinely considering it. Like, look, if you want to be cynical and say it's maybe maybe it is a negotiating tactic, fair enough. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. It would be a little bit weird with this timing because preseason has started in, in England. If why why wouldn't this have happened a month ago if it was a negotiating ploy? Why would he be costing himself preseason sessions? Well, like he's going to be behind behind the group in terms of fitness and everything. Look, you can work out on your own. You, you can stay as fit as you want. It's it's not preseason. So the timing would be a little weird in terms of if this was just a negotiating ploy, like in trying to get more money out of either Everton or West Ham. Um, so, uh, there's no reason to, you know, discredit or discount that this is at least a real possibility. The, the thing I'm sure I'm going to figure out is which MLS teams, the Venn diagram for who could realistically pay him and convince him to come to their market and also have an open DP spot is pretty small. Like going through the the list of teams, you know, all things being like, let's pretend everybody had DP spots open and, and that wasn't a thing. Who could realistically convince him? LAFC, LA Galaxy, Miami, Toronto, maybe, maybe NYCFC, Charlotte, perhaps. Like, I'm not sure. Like then, then we start getting into maybe who knows, like, I don't know what his mindset is, but this type of player, this profile player, you think, you know, Miami, LA, New York, Toronto, I don't know, like. Out of all those teams, only LAFC have an open DP spot. And look, I know that Toronto didn't have a DP spot two days ago when they were reportedly talking to Bernardeschi before being able to trade Pozuelo. And now they're looking to trade Salcedo. So, hey, maybe they open a DP spot. But I'm not sure that that fit would make a lot of sense for all the the same reasons with Alejandro Pozuelo. They're, they're different players. But the idea of, of him, like if Bernardeschi's playing right wing, where do you put uh, Lingard? Like, do you can't really take out Jimenez? Do you put him in the midfield and the midfield's imbalanced again? Whatever. And Charlotte FC, they're looking for a young DP to add to this group to keep all three, youth, uh, three U-22 initiative slots open. Um, maybe NYCFC. I think that they have flexibility in terms of buying down uh, Maxi Morales or, or maybe Tiago, the center back. But, again, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Again, I think that Maxi Morales can be bought down. So I guess that's a possibility. Um, but, but look, it, it, it gets difficult to kind of figure out, oh, this is an obvious choice. Like when, when we were doing the Jossie's Artist Trade Rumors, it was like, oh, Colorado makes a lot of sense. And then you know, after a month, it finally happened. Like these, sometimes, some of these things they make sense. You know, even Bernadesi, it's like, oh, like Cushito and Senior already in, in in Toronto, and they have an open spot at right wing. Yeah, this makes sense. Like, like for Jesse Lingard, that, that that's not really the case. There, there's nothing you know too obvious. You know, LaFC, I guess, would make would make the most sense as things are currently stated. Tio Dienez, Mikel, Giannone said that they're looking for a center forward. Um, but look. If same thing with Gareth Bale, that wasn't their plan, and that Gareth Bale was available, and they were able to make it work, and so you signed Gareth Bale. So, this is something that I heard even a few weeks ago. There wasn't, you know, somebody the source was talking with, with Lingard, people that would know talking Lingard. There was nothing that that they heard about MLS again. So, assuming that these things kind of came together pretty quickly. So again, whether that was LAFC's plan or not, I wouldn't rule them out. We'll see. But but again, I, again, none of that is reported. None of that is. You know, insider inside knowledge, like all that is just looking at it in like a realistic, common sense way, and and you think what team would make sense for Jesse Lingard, and what team could sign Jesse Lingard, and and that group isn't as big as you'd think, just in terms of possibilities. But but look, if a team were able to, if if Jesse Lingard agreed, hey, I'll I'll sign for your team, um, I'm in. If the salary works. Let's do it. And they had to get rid of a DP. I think they'd figure it out. Like whatever team it is. So. You know, on one hand, there isn't a lot of things that make a ton of sense, but on the other hand, you make things move, you make things work for, for, um, for Jesse Lingard if, if you can get that deal done. So look, as a neutral in me, as somebody who, um, roots for excitement and, and storylines and everything that, that helps with my job, um, this would be phenomenal. It'd be a great signing for anybody who could pull it off. So I'm rooting for that to happen and I'm looking forward to hearing more, maybe reporting more we'll see. Um, One more kind of big thing to get stuck into before, a lot of like little notes, uh, Giacomo Vironi, I'm going to struggle with pronouncing that here because now I'm in my own head about it, uh, signed with New England Revolution for about $3.8 million transfer fee from Juventus. He's an Albanian international. He was either the joint scorer or next to it, joint top scorer or next to it in Austria. Um, Depending on where you look at stats, it's really frustrating you'd think that. Something as simple as goals scored and Golden Boot would be kind of agreed upon by all of the major sites. It's not. New England Revolution PR put out that he was a joint top scorer, um, and so that that's what they said. Regardless, he scored a lot of goals in Austria. <laughs> that's not up for debate. And you look at Taxi Fontas, you look at um, Ersan Kara. Like these are a couple of players that this winter came from, or this spring in Taxi's case, have come from the the Austrian league and performed at a good level there and came here. Dejan Jovic is another player who. Performed really well in the Austrian league before coming to galaxy. And he scores when he plays, he doesn't play a lot. Um, I think that Veroni is, is not going to find that, uh, difficult in terms of playing time. He's here as the Adam books, replacement. He's a center forward. He's somebody who he, he's not going to be quite the aerial threat of Buxa cause he, he was really, really good at, at that regard, but he's kind of a bigger body He's about six two. he's, he's got a little bit of physicality that should kind of help fill in, um, what does it mean for Josie Altzador and Gustavo Bo? Obviously, Gustavo Beu is, is is a full time starter, star for this team, um, but he hasn't looked great like next to Altador. He has, you know, this team has looked best when they play with one center forward. So, do you kind of put Bo as, you know, a second striker in a four two three one? Carlos Hill kind of tucks in on the right wing as an inverted winger. You have Dylan Barrero as more of a traditional dynamic threat on the other side. Like maybe that's it, and, and then. Josie outdoors still fighting to, you know, prove he's still got gas in the tank, that he's still this guy, this former U.S. International. Look, he's on a three-year max-tam deal for for New England. That's not off to a great start. Um, I wouldn't rule it out. Obviously, they, they've been slow playing it. I'm, I'm not sure what the issues are in terms of his um, physical status. I, I, you know, we're into July, and they we're still they're still saying that they're trying to ramp him up and, and trying to get him there. You know, I, I, I've i never quite understood that. I, I don't know, you know, but people can explain it better than I can. I guess regardless Roni he's, he's slightly too old to be a young DP. So that means that New England can only keep one U-22 initiative slot, which is currently filled with Dylan Barrero, who has been incredible so far. And, you know, the hit rate on U-22 initiative signings isn't automatic. It, these are difficult. These are young players by nature, obviously. And if you're paying more so for potential and it's difficult for any player to adapt to a new league, particularly one as intricate and and, and different as MLS. Uh, so the younger you are, the more difficult that is, but he's been great. He has Bruce Arena on, on a press conference to talk about Roni. And, and I was like, Hey, was there any thought into aiming for a young DP before kind of arriving at this signing? So you could kind of keep open all three DP spots. I'll, I'll get you 22 initial slots. Sorry. And he pretty much, I appreciate his honesty it was pretty much like no not really look like just because dylan Barrero has been great that doesn't mean 100 percent that if we sign two more guys that they'll be just as good you know um and I, i'd counter to say that that their tactic their um scouting and and um identification has been really strong in terms of going into the international market under in, under bruce arena but that makes sense and, and he also pointed out look i don't think that 3u22 initiative players make sense for this group right now and I think that's fair enough. You don't have to play like that. You know, for me, I think it makes more sense to have more depth and, and have more kind of swings at, at high quality or you know, high potential players. They're not all going to hit, but if you give yourself enough at bats, you're going to get more hits. Um, but again, that makes a lot of sense. Given how great Georgie Petrovic and Barrero have been, plus Carlos Hill, Gustavo Bowen, Adam Buxa before he left, I'm giving the Revs the benefit of the doubt on this signing. Veroni... Played really well in Austria and never made it with Juventus again. We were just talking about Bernadeschi. He's he's nowhere near the, the same pedigree as Bernadeschi, but just because he didn't make it at Juventus, that's not an awful thing to me, particularly at his price point, at his age, for somebody who played really well in Austria, who's got six caps with the Albanian national team. He's a former um, Italy youth international. The pedigree's there. The profile's there. Um, and, and again, the revs recruitment has been really, really strong for these kind of top end signings um, that that I that I top end international signings, I should point out. Um, so I trust them right now and, and give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what this best 11 looks like. I'm looking forward to see, you know, this team kind of continue to rise in the standings after a slow start. That was, you know, part CCL, part um, winter additions that that kind of didn't quite work out yet. <laughs> Omar, uh, Omar Gonzalez and Josie Altador, all of those things. This team is a really good team. When you have Carlos young and Gustavo Bo, um, you're always gonna be really good. Matt Polster, you're always gonna be really good. So um looking forward to kind of what, what goes on there. All right, I'm gonna try to do some quick hits here. Um look. Let's go with outgoings first. We're, we're gonna go with we're gonna go with uh, Gaga Sunina is kind of a, a, at the tip of, of everything. Um I reported weeks ago. Gaga uh, Chelsea was kind of the most realistic team in terms of of adding him uh, and, and adding him and, and signing him. Um, I haven't heard anything to change my mind. It, it had been moving pretty slowly here. Um, Chelsea are a little busy right now. There's there's been a lot of change in the front office. There's been an ownership change, obviously, that happened. They're trying to sign Raheem Sterling and, and, and other players. There's there's a lot of other things that that they have to worry about than an 18 year old goalkeeper who they would loan back to Chicago anyway. So I understand why it's a little slow here. I'm surprised that Real Madrid haven't kind of used this to their advantage to try to swoop in. Um, Chelsea had kind of a 10000000 million deal-ish agreed for Slonina, but Peter Cech just left the front office, and Chicago aren't sure if, if that verbal agreement is going to go away. Um, again, things are close, but things have been close for weeks as far as it's been kind of conveyed to me. So I guess keep an eye on this one. Again, I, I still would think that Chelsea are the most realistic pending, you know, the front office, the new front office, if, if they kind of make different decisions. But that that's it for, for uh, Gagosunio right now. And again, expect a, a loan back. He'll be in Chicago for the rest of the year. It's best for his development. And then we'll take it from there. But again, nothing's done until it's done. So we'll see. Tati Cassianos, ah, i saying the same thing that I've been saying since the winter. I'm, I'm shocked that it's taking so long. I don't know why a team from Europe isn't triggering the fifteen million asking price. He's worth it. <laughs> Just pay him. I'm surprised at this point, honestly. That City Football Group haven't stepped in and done what Arsenal did for Colorado with Austin Trusty. They bought him and then are ready to loan him somewhere else. City Football Group did this with Jack Harrison. They bought him and then loaned him out when you know other teams were interested. Maybe that's that's a play this summer. Um, yeah, preseason is starting in England, where I thought he'd make a lot of sense, and nothing's happened yet. Again, I'm really surprised. I'm not sure what else to say. He's He's been a consummate professional. It's been really impressive how well he's done, how you know into it he's been. He hasn't been causing problems, I, I, publicly at least. Like This is a player who was pretty much promised we'll sell you in the winter, and that didn't happen because no offers really came in that, that matched their valuation. And now we're into the summer, in about a month, you know, whatever, a month and a half into the European offseason, preseason starting for 2022-2023 campaign. Uh, it'd be human nature if he was upset and wasn't, you know, completely stuck in. But but he he's been a consummate pro. I, I think that that is shouldn't be lost in all of this. Some other names to watch: Dewan Jones, the England Revolution. Uh, some teams in Europe do have him have him on their list. I was kind of thinking that something if something would have happened, it would have happened by now. But look, there's a long summer. Teams have a lot of targets. Maybe he's not the top target everywhere. These things happen. You know, there's a long time left in the transfer window. He's somebody that, again, I think that would make a pretty seamless jump to European soccer. Um, I, I think very highly of him. I think he's one of the best left-backs in the league. Disappointed that he wasn't with, involved with the last United States national team camp. Makes sense. Whatever. Keep an eye on him. Kai Wagner, another left-back. Again, I think these two are the best two left-backs in the, in the league. I'm surprised it's taking this long with him as well. He's another player who it seemed like he might be leaving in the winter. He almost did. Fulham and Brentford were interested. You know, there are uh, Premier League and, and upper upper echelon championship teams that are interested in him. As far as I know, nothing's nothing's there yet. You know, we'll see. That's that's another name to watch. It was kind of conveyed to me assume that he was going to leave, but hey, you know, nothing nothing when again nothing's done until it's done. So, keep an eye on that. Some other guys to watch. I'm interested to see which US U-20 players have had, will have interest turned offers on the backs of the CONCACAF U-20 championship win, you know, the qualifying for the U-20 World Cup, qualifying for the Olympics. A lot of players played really well. A lot of players confirmed what scouts in Europe thought, you know, obviously Paxson Aronson winning, winning the golden ball. Uh, he was incredible. Quinn Sullivan was very good. These are players that have interest in Europe, you know, you go through, go through, I, I could go through the entire team. And you can assume that scouts are watching that tournament. That that's what these teams do in Europe, and they try to try to get these players in before the price keeps going up. In that vein, RSL's Real Salt Lake's decision to sign Diego Luna before this tournament is looking very, very good because I think his price just would have continued going up. I thought he was phenomenal at this tournament. Um, some just even looking at some of the clips, man, he's so electric in in, in his in moments. I, I really hope that he's able to kind of take the jump. And same thing with Paxton Aronson, Quinn Sullivan in, in terms of MLS. I, I think that Paxton and, and Quinn have, have proved a little bit more that they're able to kind of kick it with senior soccer, which, and, and in a physical league like this, Diego Luna, obviously he's been playing with men in USL. I, I have no reason to doubt that he wouldn't be able to make a, a real jump into MLS. But again, we'll we'll see what it looks like, and and again, I, I hope that he goes from strength to strength. I think he will, and and I'm I'm really gonna be watching him closely at RSL. He's a super exciting player, and, and again, no reason to think that he won't be kind of continuing this upper trajectory. Um, some incomings to watch. San Jose have an open DP spot with trophies. Uh, trophies leaving, going back to Chivas. That's not surprising. He's been away from the team for a few weeks. He was brought in by Matias Almeida. He, you know. I think that it is very valuable for the front office to have another DP spot. Chris Leach took over as interim GM last summer. He was given the, the full-time role in the winter. Last summer he brought in Jeremy Bobasi. This winter he uh, not a DP, but a significant addition. This winter he brought in Jamiro Montero as a DP. Um looking forward to seeing what, kind of where they target. Look, they're they're in no rush. This is a team that's looking for building blocks, looking for foundational pieces. They parted ways with Almeida early in the season and decided to keep an interim coach for for the season. Essentially, just you know, it shows that 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 they're looking long term rather than short term. I thought that was a little early to kind of you know give up on the season. Would probably be too strong, but but to just be okay to just look at the future and to look at next year. Luchi Gonzalez is somebody that they like. There's other you know other targets obviously, but you know we'll we'll see the. A long-winded way of saying I think that that DP spot is going to be viewed as you know long-term building block they're not gonna if if the right target isn't isn't there immediately they're not gonna desperately try to get somebody in tomorrow so they can debut soon um, I think that they're gonna be slow they're gonna be thoughtful they're gonna look long-term on this other DP searches Charlotte um, they want to sign an attacking midfielder young DP they need to sign a young DP regardless of what the position is so that they can use all three U22 initial slots, which they plan. They, they already have two filled. They have another one open. This is something that they've been vocal about. This is what they want. Um, that's one to watch. Um, I'm not sure how urgent it is. I thought that this would be something that would be kind of sorted pretty quickly just because they—they've the plan has been this entire time for Jordi Alcevar to be bought down in the summer. Um, but we'll see. Things are going well under Christian Latanzio. This team is, is looking fine. Uh, uh, another high-level player would, would certainly help a lot, but Things are going pretty well right now. Another DP search, Minnesota United. Adrian Hunu is gone. Will they go with another center forward? How do they best capitalize on Emmanuel Reynoso being awesome? TBD, we'll see. Uh, Luis Amario was the last DP sign. Adrian Hunu. Uh, Hunu did not work out very categorically. Uh, Amario was a little slow. He's been scoring goals lately, so who knows if they go the center forward. He's not somebody who can play in the wing, so if you sign another center forward, it has to be somebody who can who can kind of play both spots or you're putting two DV spots into a position where Adrian Heath is only playing with one center forward. I don't think that makes a lot of sense to me. Some other things to watch. Colorado Rapids, uh, they're unhappy with how things are going. That's obvious. That that's, that that's shouldn't be a, a groundbreaking report. Um, they're going to be active this summer. You know, they've had calls for Anthony Kay, like I've said. They've had calls for other players. That's normal. I, I think that they're going to, you know, continue looking to change things, continue looking. Look, like, this team has all the pieces from last year's top finisher in the Western Conference like this is still a good team this is still a good coaching staff hasn't worked out Jack Price being out has been really hurtful for them Austin Trussie's leaving now there's been some injuries like they don't want to just sit here they they want they, they think that the, the season is still salvageable so just keep an eye on Colorado I think that they're going to be I think they're going to be active the trademark is going to be active as well we already saw it with the Pazuello trade there's Probably a bunch of other players that we're not thinking about. There's some obvious ones. I'm going to write something on that this week. We'll see. Keep an, so keep an eye on the trade market. DC United have two open DP spots. They are very active in discussions. Um, they almost signed Sonny Kittle. Uh, Pablo Mara, the athletic, reported that there was a failed medical that that stopped that move. Um, and again, I, that they're also very active in trying to capital, not capitalize and change their fortunes. They've, they've been saying for months that they wanted to bring in other DPs. Um, so we'll see kind of how that goes. Another player to watch, Fabio Gomes, He, the former Red Bull striker. He's at Atletico Monero. Um, He's very, very available. Um, He's going to be leaving Monero. Um, He's been kind of offered around MLS. As far as I've heard, it would probably be a loan with with a pretty low purchase option, low enough that he probably wouldn't have to be a DP as long as the contract is more than a couple years. So, I mean, I'm biased because I think I, I really like his style of play. I really like forwards who can do a lot of things. You're going to need another center forward, another kind of chief goal-scoring option, but I think that teams could do a lot worse than uh, adding Fabio. A couple more things here. FC Cincinnati, so much fun to watch right now. Um, firmly, firmly in the playoff race. I think that they should be a playoff team. Um, Brenner, a couple weeks ago, I've, I've been saying that this is this is a guy who's going to get offers or whatever, and it seemed more likely that the, that the club were going to acquiesce to letting him go or, you know, again, they, they wanted to see... In early in the season, when they rejected the offer from International. they wanted to see what this would look like with Brenner, Vasquez, and Lucio Costa. And look, in the last couple games, he scored five goals or whatever it is, playing with Vasquez and Lucio Costa. It makes sense. This is why they held on to him. They they think that there's still a really good player here. They think that there's still, you know, a potential fit for this team, this group, this coach, this player. The relationship wasn't a bad spot um, in the spring. It seems to be better now, again, given he's playing, goals help, starts help. That that helps people forget things move on from things. Um, we'll see. There's definitely still a lot of interest in him from Europe, obviously Brazil. Um, do Cincy want to keep him or do they want to open a TP spot? Remains to be seen. Uh, it's a very good story going on in FC Cincinnati, I've said. Said, written, tweeted enough good things about them that I'm going to move on now. Pretty much lastly, Portland Timbers have a U22 initiative spot open. They extended the loan of Jose Carlos Van Rankin, but they still want to bring in a, a young right back with that U22 initiative slot. Um, so that's one to watch, and and you know look at the time. It, it's midsummer. They're start, They're picking up points. They're starting to move up at the table. That's going to be a fun team to watch in, in their chase for playoff spot. Um, all right. I've rambled. My voice hurts. I haven't taken enough breaks in terms of talking. I hope that this didn't sound too kind of uh, fast and and wild and and you know incoherent. I hope that the audio worked. So help me God, if I listen back to this and the audio is bad, I might break a microphone. um, I might throw something at a wall, you know, childish ways of dealing with stress and anger. But hey, that's what you get when when you come here. Look, um, I don't know how viable this is. Uh, Please give me feedback on if going solo was completely unlistenable and stupid. I very much prefer having a co-host. I like talking to people, ask them questions. I like not talking the whole time. I <laughs> I don't think that anybody is 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 that interesting enough except for the very few people who can do this at the top level alone. I don't think I'm that. You know, there's a story about Bomani Jones when he was doing local radio. Um, somebody was doing a story on him, and he's giving this nuanced, intellectual, thoughtful detailed kind of monologue while he's doing his solo radio show and the person writing the story about him looks over because he's looking down and they think that he's reading from a script or they think he's looking at notes he's doing a crossword puzzle while he's giving this thoughtful intellectual smart monologue I had to focus very much on this there is no multitasking and 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 I can't solo radio solo podcasting that's probably not where I would thrive but you know I wanted to give a podcast I wanted to do this transfer window outlook talk about some of these stories explain why this has been on hiatus you know again i aim to bring it back i wouldn't say weekly we'll see tbd maybe it'll be a surprise it'll be fun for everybody i don't know when it's coming you don't know when it's coming um thank you for anybody who's listening listen to the rambles all the way through this um all right i don't know how to sign off see you, everybody Hold up.